0: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is the best and today's show is a good one because we have not only one but two uh, social media icons, off-road influencers, whatever you want to call them, uh, but there's so much more than that on the show. But today's show is powered by Supergrip ATV Tires. I'm gonna try out a set of their AMP tires. They're kind of like bighorn knockoffs. Or, sorry, Supergrip, if that's the right way to say that. Uh, but they're a really great tire. They're a different alternative that's made with the same quality and compounds that the Super Grip ATV K9s are made out of. The K9 is a big tire that's taken the social media and the UTV industry by storm. Eight ply sidewalls, one inch tread depth, but something really unique is the Amp is a six ply tire, a lot like a Bighorn but it's made of the more high-quality, I guess you could say, uh, more firm, more um, just high-end product. Uh, some of the rubber that's put into the big horns is not always the best, and you see that those tires get hole after hole in them over and over again. So the uh, Super Grip ATV amp tire is just something new. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to see what I like about it, what I don't like about it, and uh, I'm excited to try those guys. But in the meantime, if you can find some canines. Good luck. Those are the best tires on the market right now, in my humble opinion. And as always, splurge and get the Kevlar option if you can. Those Supergrip ATV K9 tires are tough, 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 tough. SupergripATV.com and SupergripATV on Instagram and Facebook. Next is Dinojet Research Inc. They do an excellent job of helping out the show with our power issues. If you've upgraded your UTV to a larger than stock tire, you probably have noticed either English or honda talon uh, some belt slippage maybe uh, some cl- clutching issues things like that what Dynajet does is they've developed a clutch kit that will solve your issues it essentially uh, changes the point of interaction with your belt so if you put a bigger tire on you obviously you want everything spinning a little bit more before your belt engages so you don't have that low end belt burn belt squeal all those things that come from not having your clutches set up correctly What Dynojet does is they send you a complete set of weights that is fully adjustable and they send you a tuning sheet so that you can go in, get your clutch set up the way you want it, put it back in the UTV, run it down the road, make sure everything is all correct with the RPMs and that it feels well. And then from there, you can make any adjustments that you need. That's the best part about not having standard preset um, clutch swing arms, which is just not a good idea ever uh, because if you want to change your tire size or you want to go change your elevation or you know, whatever it may be down the road, you can do that because Dynojet Research, Inc. sends you fully adjustable and clutch, uh, excuse me, fully adjustable, changeable, the entire nine yards, clutch swing arms. So check those guys out, dynojet.com, Dinojet Research, Inc. And uh, next on the list is all things UTV. All things utv has been a sponsor of the show for a long time i always like to highlight their inner fender liners that are razor aid inner fender liners they're just the little bit of protection that you might not get uh, from the stock plastic firewalls in your utv Uh, it really reinforces it it's a it's a piece of uh, sheet metal uh, steel almost that has been form-fitted to fit your utv's inner fender liners that'll protect sticks and other foreign objects from entering the cab and entering possibly a passenger or yourself. It's very, very interesting to see because a lot of times on social media, you'll see sticks and rocks and things come through the floorboard. You don't have to worry about that with the inner fender liners from RazorAid at All AllThingsUTV. AllThingsUTV.com, AllThingsUTV on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the list is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Diddy's is helping us tune... Uh, Well, because this is the Phil episode. Diddy's uh, is actually talked about in this episode. Uh, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is run by my friend Chris. And Chris is actually a disciple of Shock Jesus. They call him Wizzo. uh, And he is the Shock Wizard for sure, man. He is an absolutely awesome guy to do business with. If you're on the East Coast and you're looking to get your shocks tuned, whether it be full size or UTV, Chris can do it, and he's just about to fully launch his UTV protocol, so I'm very excited to be on board with those guys. Absolutely great stuff. Next, oh, excuse me, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow him there and keep up with everything that he's got going on. It's always a good time following him and seeing what kind of shenanigans people send him uh, in terms of shock valving. Next on the list is irate4x4.com. The good old days of forms uh, seem to have passed, but Irate 4x4 has brought them back. I was on this very morning doing some little bit of searching, looking at 4,400 builds, looking at Ultra 4 guys who are you know doing this, doing a little bit of that. There's also a ton of information on side-by-sides, towing, trailers, everything you can think of. I've actually been looking at getting a nice enclosed trailer, irate4x4.com. Is a great place to go because it gives me a chance to go through and basically do virtual tours because people who build out their trailers they'll post build threads and they'll do a number of different things and uh, it's really great you guys I really really enjoy going on there because I get to see someone's you know linear year worth of content that they've put on the forum and I can absorb it in a matter of minutes irate4x4.com I-R-A-T-E 4x4.com uh join make an account post up and i'm sure you'll find it in a community that will welcome you with open arms next on the list is infinite off-road infinite off-road has been with the show longer than anybody else they give the show listeners 10 percent off of the entire website they're having a huge black friday sale which is going to be way better than 10 percent off um, but if you're jeeps buggies whatever it may be they have light bars light pods wheel rings whips Rock Lights, whatever it may be. I think their Rock Lights are 30% off for uh, Black Friday, FYI. That's a really good deal. Glad to have those guys on board because they have one of the craziest customer service packages known to the off-road industry. A 25-year you-break-it-they-fix-it warranty, even covering accidental damage. Uh, It's pretty wild. I have seen that warranty be cashed in. I've seen it. It's painless, all kinds of different things, uh, good-wise, to say about infinite off-road. InfiniteOffRoad.com, code word ROCKS at checkout for 10% if you miss the Black Friday sale. Okay, I'm going to butcher his name because it's been a couple days since the interview. Phil Lic- Licciardi is on the show today. Phil, I hope I did that right. Uh, he is obviously Shock Jesus. He is the man behind Liberty Mountain Fabrication. Uh, and on today's show, we have a special guest. We have Doug of the famous Doug's Axel story uh, that Phil helped go viral. Uh, Guys, this was a good one. I I wish I had had more time. Um, We had a little bit of a scheduling issue uh, just in terms of making everything work on the day we needed to make it work. So it's only uh, about an hour, but it's a really great content, or a really great action-packed episode. So without further ado, Phil Lichiardi from Liberty Mountain Fabrication.
1: get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks.
0: All right. Easy peasy. Phil Litchiardi is on the line. How you doing, brother?
1: Doing well. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It is, uh, 554 here and it's pitch black outside and it's cold and it's sad. And uh this is the pick me up for my day for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of this time of year, that's for sure. We lose our, our sunlight on the property, like the, the shortest day of the year, 145. It's behind the mountain. Yeah. Oh I mean, nice it's not dark out yet, but it's yeah. not nice out anymore.
0: How cold is it where you are?
1: Uh it's you know, it changes every year. Like it we we got 15 inches of snow last week. And then this week it's all gone, and today was sixty-five degrees. So no it's—I mean, it—it it, it could be zero, it could be seventy. You know. It, now it you're,
0: you're, you're southwest. What state are you in?
1: I wouldn't say I'm southwest. I'm in—I'm in a, I'm in, uh, you know, Lake Tahoe. Yeah. I'm thirty yeah, yeah. minutes out of Lake Tahoe. Okay, gotcha. In, you know, Gardnerville, Nevada.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Right in the sweet spot, man. You got all the good stuff right around you.
1: It's beautiful here. I love this place. So
0: let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, how are you? This has been a strange year, and it's been stranger this month. Uh, what's going on with you? What are you thinking? How are you feeling?
1: Um, I'm nervous, yeah. to say the least. But honestly, this year has probably set records anyways. Like I, didn't, I didn't do a lot of race prep or, or race shock rebuilds because nobody was racing. But yeah. man, the, the amount of people that are trail wheeling and buying product and building and reinvesting in their lives and made in the USA stuff is absolutely incredible. And and my sales have, I don't know, I, I don't think they doubled since last year, but it's been incredible.
0: So and what do you sell versus what you like maintenance, I guess, or shock tune rather?
1: Everything. I mean, I sell, I sell all the brands. Well, I don't sell uh, FOAs and I, I don't sell ORIs. Not, not because I'm an ORI hater, just because they don't, they don't do what I'm trying to make vehicles do. I'm not much of a rock, slow rock crawler guy. I want Mm -hmm. things to go fast and ride smooth, all that nonsense. So, you know, Radflow ADS are my two primaries. I sell King and Fox. I deal with Swayway stuff if I have to. (laughs) Um, Bilstein is coming back to the aftermarket. They're they're getting, um, ramping back up to do things that they used to do maybe call it 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, Icon's always out there and making a great product. So whatever I get my hands on, with, with COVID times, that's been the weirdest thing is like being able to actually get product. Mm-hmm. So whoever has something on the shelf, that's what I'm typically after to, to keep people from having to wait forever for anything.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I know, uh, like my, my tire sponsor, super grip there, every tire that's on the boat to America is already sold. It is bananas how fast like the demand system works and i don't know enough about like shock companies are are parts manufactured overseas and assembled here or is it all in the united states
1: i would say 99.9 percent of everything that i sell is manufactured in the states Mm -hmm. completely from raw materials and and that's the kind of people that i want to support yeah man yeah that's really, really great but uh where are the raw materials from? I don't know if they're pulling them out of the ground here, or pulling them out of overseas, but at least they're, you know, starting with a block of aluminum or a hunk of, uh, of chromoly from wherever it is, but they're, they're doing everything with it from there. So, yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, so I know that you, obviously this has been a crazy time during the political landscape and all that kind of stuff, but it looks like, and again, this, we're still in the projection era for people who are going back and listening to this. Uh, this episode will air on Thanksgiving, and it is still—it uh, is the week before Thanksgiving right now. Uh, we're still projected to have Biden as the winner. Um, what does that mean for you, as as a, as a businessman and for your own business here?
1: I don't know yet. I don't know. I mean, my business was just—it was like I was—I don't know if you'd say first gear, first gear four low. The entire yes. Obama administration, and I'd I'd made really good money like oh five and oh six. It wasn't I, I wouldn't call it real money because it was everybody's refi. Everyone had a new diesel, a new boat, and they want it lifted, oh in years and the whole yeah. show. And uh, that that crashed so hard, and then then I had to get in the groove of just like whatever I could do to scrape by, and and, and it I I got by I got by for the whole Obama admin. Um, his cute little insurance program wiped out my my life savings when i got injured but, yeah. um, so for that i'll never forgive him so i, I really don't have any worthwhile health care right now either so that yeah. sucks so i i don't know what what happens under biden i mean he's it sounds like he's going to be pretty locked up anyways because they didn't take the Senate or they shouldn't be taking the senate
2: mm-hmm. so
1: I, a gridlocked government's a great government in my opinion. i don't want yes. them to get paid but i want fuck, put that thing in park and leave us yeah. alone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I it's so funny. I've been talking to like I have a financial guy I grew up with him and and I've just been like this whole time I'm like, do we pull everything out? What do we do? Do we put more in right now? What's going to happen? And he's and he basically has re- re- reiterated time again that when a, you know, di- typically we have a Democratic president and the Republicans control the Senate, the market does really well because nothing can change. Okay. So yeah. there there's some value in that, I guess. I know that uh, that was the big comfort for me, I guess, is is if we keep that balance there, uh, it seems to be good. And, and isn't that the idea of like having the, the two party system is like there's big balance and everything?
1: Checks and balances. Wasn't that the plan all along? Now it's just like, I mean, it seems like everybody's so far different ends of the spectrum that yeah. they can meet in the middle. Great. But usually it's not like not what I consider the middle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I think we're, I don't know, again, I'm so I'm 25. I don't, I have no real landscape on what's happening at all. Wow, I've had, I didn't know you were
1: that young. Jeez. Yeah,
0: man. I'm just, uh, just a fresh blood
1: <laughs> Good for you, bud. You've done a lot in your life already.
0: I appreciate that, man. Uh, but again, I've had to ask people because, you know, the first, uh, the first election that I really paid attention to was Obama versus Romney. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. I heard someone the other day and they're like, if only we had Romney now. And, you know, when Romney was running, he was like labeled this like crazy religious guy. And it's like now that's, that's somewhere in the middle of something, you know. Yeah. Uh, but all that, it seems I've had to ask people older than me because, you know, it, it, this just seems like the not the new normal, but it seems like what we're experiencing has never happened before. And I feel like Every election, it feels that way, and I feel like it's just going to be worse next time.
1: It, well, man, the the nation is being divided, and whether that's, I mean, obviously, the media wants that to yeah. happen. Does the rest of the government want that to happen? Maybe. It's depressing, but the things that we have at stake right now are, are insane. Like, why, well, indoctrination is obviously real. They've convinced mm-hmm. so many of the younger people that communism is the way to go, and they'll They'll package it any which way they want, put whatever cute words they want on it. And, yeah. I mean, but end of the day, all roads lead to that or some version of that. I don't want to go there.
0: Yeah. I, it's so strange because I, I kind of, I fall in that group of like, uh, the age group that, that is really strongly like big Bernie supporters. You know, it's, I saw something today and it was like under Biden's plan or something. Uh, there's going to be $50,000 of student loan forgiveness just right out, right out of the gate day one, or is it like day a hundred, you know, his hundred day plan or whatever. But I was like, well, that's, that's new, but okay. Uh, you know, it's just stuff like that where I, I don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily resonate with me. And I, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of guys and some in Tennessee, there's a lot of guys around here, people, my age went girls who are, who are really, fundamentalist i guess more traditional on, on things like that but um i definitely have friends who maybe you know lean left or really hard left or the super loud left and and to me it's a life experience thing like sure. their life experiences aren't very uh tr- i don't want to say traumatic but just hard uh i told i told someone the other day and i'm going to shut up about it here in a second but told someone the other day i was like they got their panties in a bundle about you know They thought Trump was going to win and they were all upset and tore up. And I said, you know, if you're you're this upset about it, why don't you I've been practicing jujitsu. Why don't you just fight me and and it will pull you back into reality. And it'll just it'll show you that, like, all of this shit that you're upset about. It doesn't have you don't have you can you can we can bring it down. We can all have a conversation. You don't have to be so hostile and call people out and cancel people. I was like, that's not what you need to do. Just what you need is a reality check. And I can can strangle you and I can show you what it's like to have some of those things reduced out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) But again, we can't do that with everybody. But all that said and done, um, you know, what what would be the best case scenario for you moving forward in terms of, uh, you know, like what helps your business the best right now?
1: Oh, man. Four more years of uh, Team Orange yeah uh, (laughs) keeping things deregulated and letting i mean i can't i can't guarantee that this stuff is very accurate but i feel like it's probably this is probably kind of how it went down so when when i moved to where i'm at right now obama was still running the show and everywhere i went there was like some kind of off-roady government type person putting a you know stake in the ground to say this is the trail you can be on you can't be on that one you can't make new ones you can't you know there seemed like they were just everywhere and i you know i didn't care i still have trails to use it was fine they weren't fully closing things um i would say i don't know a couple weeks few weeks after trump got elected i mean he wasn't even the president yet i don't know where those people went i haven't seen them since and i i don't think it's coincidence i feel like that type of person didn't have there's no more money for them like it's just gone like that all that funding dried up and they can't they can't go out and screw around and do whatever they were doing and try to regulate the hell out of everybody so when you know free people they're going to spend some money i mean i i feel like the day after trump got elected my phone came off the hook and hasn't i haven't been able to hang it up since it's just everyone's buying 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 and during the whole obama administration it's like all we're buying is guns and ammo yeah so now now we're we're probably going back in that direction, but I, I've come to grips with it. I mean, if if Biden wins, I'm just going to do do what I have to do. What can I do about it? I can't, you know. Yeah. Uh, if we have a civil war, okay, well, I got something I can, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say I'm, yeah, different options there. <laughs> to say I'm excited about it would be the wrong, yeah, the wrong word. But <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I I understand. I'll tell you that I understand. It's it's a it's so funny because like I, I feel like where I am in Nashville, it's so, it's just like, I don't, it's not around me like that. So it's so hard to believe that, that the riots and things like that are happening. It just, it seems so foreign because it's oh, just cool. like, no one that I would know would do any, like the thought process isn't even there. You wouldn't even think about that. So yeah. it's interesting, but it's uh it is real. That's a fact.
1: It's real. And uh, you know, I don't, I've never been in a war situation and I'm sure I won't handle myself very well. And maybe I'll, end up in the gutter but at the same time i'm done talking i am tired <laughs> of talking to these people because they they won't listen they don't understand anything they're just fucking psychos yeah
0: dude i trust me i understand and uh, yeah and i the, and we'll get off the politics here in a second but the new thing that i saw this week or last week rather was these there was like these like celebrities or i don't know if they're political figures i think even aoc she was like making these lists of people who voted for Trump and was like, we got to we gotta cancel them, get them off, every, you know, permanently move forward. And it's just like, dude, making blacklists is a dangerous game. And being so vocal about it, dangerous game, man.
1: Is that legal?
0: I mean, I, you know. What, it, I mean, is it illegal to make a list of names on Twitter? Like, there's the big argument is like, You know, uh, there's a I'm I'm a I'm a Rogan fan. If people can't already tell, I basically look like the guy and have my own podcast, basically him. Right. Uh, But uh, he uh, he was talking about, you know, at what point does government come in and say that Twitter can't do the censorship that they're doing? You know, when does that become like a public space? When do podcasts, Facebook, things like that, when do they become public uh, human rights and things like that? There's interesting conversation there because the censorship and with everybody moving to parlor and all the other different apps that people have now, uh, big, big conversation. And, and let me ask you this as someone who, I mean, you're, you're active on social media. I feel like a good, you know, a fair amount of business probably throws flows through social media for you. How do you feel about the censorship and and things like that?
1: I don't like it. I mean, I know a lot of people are getting censored for, good reason, but there's so many people that are are just, the, you know, my side, our side, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the right libertarian, right side of things mm-hmm. is not, they're just getting their stuff deleted for, for why? Because it, because it might tell a different way to look at things and you don't want that to happen because you spent all these years, you know, pushing people in the one direction. Yeah. And then that one direction is just doing crazy people shit for the last few months. And mm-hmm it doesn't look good. So, Oh, heaven forbid you show someone some other way to live.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I think the fundamental point of all of this is, you know, you gotta be able to at least have a conversation about things we disagree on. I think that's where a lot of this has just gone awry. I mean, dude, I mean, I've seen some of the Facebook battles that people want to get in on your Facebook post, but it blows my mind. Just, I mean, it's like, you know, one thing and then boom, it's like war instantly it's really it's really something but anyways like i said we'll, we'll move past that uh <laughs> my next thing was uh y- you've been doing quite a bit of tuning you mentioned about the side-by-sides or not necessarily side-by-sides but uh the more trail vehicles i wanted to ask you um is there any common thing that you've seen like you know uh, just in doing this this year or are, are people horrible about maintaining the shocks? Is there a common issue? You know, is there something that you want to voice to everybody and just say, hey, make sure you're doing this for your shocks before you send them to me or just in general? <laughs>
1: you know, it, it would be really nice, a few things. Don't zip tie all your spacers into your shocks. I got to cut your zip ties. I got to take your spacers out. It's, you know, how the fixture system works. Keep, keep all your loose parts. Then I can't even lose them. If you lose them at your house, that's your problem. <laughs> <I> like <that. laughs> but if I don't you know and and clean your shocks it'd be fantastic if you actually like took a minute and pressure wash the stuff before sending it me some oily muddy you know pile of s yeah uh, that that's about it I mean it, as far as being ignorant and and not in a bad way, I don't expect everyone to know things about shocks because it's just this mystery thing that there's not a lot of information about. I don't expect people to know when their shocks need service. Like, if they start leaking or if they stop working, okay, yeah, that's probably when it needs to be done. But, like, you're not going to know that the last person to open your shocks, put them back together with a huge air pocket because they didn't know any better, and then that's part of the reason why everything sucks. Mm-hmm. Or, you're not going to, you might not know when your shaft's bent. Like, that last tuning trip I went on, I had yeah. everyone check all their shafts and and figure all this stuff out and i got everything's good everything's good i think i changed eight or nine shock shafts on that trip from stuff that was like blatantly bent and you're talking you about know, the rock Center trip yeah that that trip to missouri i just went on yeah. not too long ago yeah. and uh, you know i don't expect people to to have an eye for it or no or no you know any bend in your shaft is bad even if it's just a little bit it's bad that's not gonna mm-hmm. that's not gonna go well And it's going to, it's going to collaterally kill your shock in the long run, you know, whether it just takes out the inner body and then you got a new ridge or something in there, or it wipes out the, the, uh, seal head bearing area. It's it's just, it's bad. That stuff's got to be checked regularly. Check your nitrogen too. Always check your nitrogen. If you push that trainer valve and that thing blows oil everywhere, she done. So,
0: so let me let me let me roll some stuff back here because uh, we've had multiple episodes about shocks and things like that. But the I want to kind of address this all in one big sweep before we get uh, into the details. When people are looking, you know, should I get my shocks service? You say, you know, if they're leaking or if they don't work, uh, there's obviously you can see leaking with your eyes if you're right. not an idiot. You can see that, but if you're saying they don't work how would you know you know i mean the car is holding up i mean what is is the shock not working
1: (laughs) well if the shocks were ever fresh and you were driving it having a good time whatever and it's not bottoming out everything's doing good and you didn't like go super hard for like three thanksgivings in a row and now you're way heavier that's a reason for it to bottom out or you know you lost (laughs) an IFT seal or you lost some fluid that you didn't notice or you're out of nitrogen like if you run your shocks with no nitrogen they're just there are foam cannons in there, everything. I mean, it's done. You got to, it's time to go through them and they're not shocks anymore. It's an emulsion pile of garbage. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you have that. And then you mentioned the Schrader valve, uh, you know, that's typically going to be on the reservoir and to test to see if, uh, did you say if, if, uh, oil comes out or how do you test that? I guess, rather if you can
1: aim it. So the Schrader valve is, uh, what do you want to say uh, gravitationally down what's the just aim it down and yeah. then push the push the core if it blows fluid everywhere like a pretty fair amount of fluid you're, you lost your ifp seal IFP, ifp is the internal floating piston inside mm-hmm. that reservoir and it's got an o-ring on it and that o-ring needs to stay charged all the time like even if you if your shocks show up from let's say king they ship a lot of shocks discharged uh, nothing wrong with that but you shouldn't, you shouldn't take that shock and just pull the shaft out on its own. There's a good chance you're going to pull some air by the IFP or something, or you're going to pull it in through the U cup seal. And at that point, you now you now you got a foamy shock and it's not going to be any good. So always extend your shocks with nitrogen. And I'm sure there's going to be a handful of people listening to this right now and say that's ridiculous, blah blah blah. Well, is it excessive? Yeah, it can be. Not everything. Is required you don't always have to do that but if you do do that then you can cut that out of the equation that's not it's not gonna be a problem you're not gonna introduce air to the body of your shock by extending the shock with nitrogen
0: yeah so essentially what you're saying and just to reduce this down because I'm sure there's some guy listening. he's like I don't know what the hell is going on uh, so on the actual you have the coil over and then you have the reservoir which is like the little piggyback attached to it there's yeah. a little silver like nipple on there and if you take if you were to take like for example a screwdriver a knife something like that and and compress the uh the inner piece of it if oil comes out of there bad news yeah. and then whenever you get a new set of shocks you use the brand king for example and they ship to you where they're fully compressed in with no coils on there you know the shock is completely what would be bottomed out instead of grabbing the bottom of the shock and the shock body and pulling it apart with your hands or mechanism using nitrogen to actually load the shock and push the piston out of the shock is the correct way to do it.
1: You got it. Even if it's just five pounds of pressure yeah. whatever it is just to just to keep a positive charge on that ifpo ring and keep pressure on on the u cup seal if that's you know the brand we're talking about sure, that sure. that stuff's super critical a lot of people like they just won't have nitrogen in their shocks mm-hmm. whatever brand it is like you know let's say you get some extended foxes or or some rad flows extended compressed whatever let's say you get those you discharge them and you're installing them on the vehicle and you know checking full bump and cycling stuff and your shock starts leaking mm-hmm that's bad Uh, the reason why it's leaking is you don't have a positive charge on the ifp therefore it's not applying pressure to the fluid therefore it's not applying any pressure to the the actual oil seal on the shaft so it's just gonna maybe start finding its way out will you be able to fix it by charging it there's a good chance as long as everything's new and you like weld all over the shock shaft or something or or weld through the shock and tear up the seals with a, a new a new sweet mark on the bearing in the shaft Oh, gosh, dude.
0: What's the worst thing you've seen? And, and someone's sending you your shocks, and you're like, this is just the most clapped-out setup I've ever seen. What do you got?
1: I Oh, man. I, there's one that comes to mind immediately, and it I can't say it's the worst. I mean, I've had so much just terrible, terrible stuff come through. But this one guy had a Pro Fender shock, which that's fine. There's nothing wrong with Pro Fender. It's perfectly, perfectly fine piece of equipment. But when used as the ground clamp for your entire build, like, I don't know what dude did. He like clamped the thing on the axle and built an entire chassis through the shock. Like yeah, I... the, the weld marks on this shock, like just from the electricity running through it. I, I'd never seen anything like that. Like every bearing was smoked. The shaft was destroyed. The, the rod bearing was pretty much melted away and the, the um, uniballs and everything, everything was just I was like, yeah, there's no fixing this thing."
0: <laughs> wow, so bad idea to uh, to build off the shock for sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you because you 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 gained a new level of, I guess I don't want to say popularity, but like signature move, and and that's with the Jeep shock tuning that you've done. You guys had the four door JK uh, with the, you know, I think you guys ended up putting forties on it, or you guys still yeah. have that JK. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, still have that one. Yeah, so you've got the JK. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that tuning, and then I want you to tell me about the Gladiator, how that car's been for you,
1: and the tuning on that, how they differ. All right. So the JK was a bit of a process. We started with uh, just regular uh, single-stage Foxes with a really bitchin' synergy manufacturing long-arm system. I mean, it's all all bolt-on stuff. Everything, everything was really, come on in. Everybody, we have a special guest. here.
0: We have a very special guest on the show. Very, very special guest is, uh,
1: coming in right now. Doug Evans. I don't Evans. know if, he's ready to go if he wants to get a beer. Uh, that okay. <laughs> sit down right here.
0: So we have a uh, 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 Doug. I'll actually uh, I'll let you introduce yourself here. If whenever you uh, make your way over here. Uh,
1: let's see. Am I... oh, there we go How about that. Hey, hey how's it going? Good? I'm
2: <laughs> Doug Evans. Here, here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I am uh the guy who raced the dirty money racing car for a few years, number 4457. I'm also the same Doug from the Doug's Axles incident that uh my friend Phil here kind of made a little famous.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would
0: I would say that uh fame is is probably an understatement for that event uh doug i was just sitting here talking to phil about some jeep shock tuning um but we're gonna if you don't mind phil we're gonna derail just a second oh, gosh, uh, doug, i i, I want to hear the story because you know we have the bits and pieces and we have the general arc, but i mean fill us in on what happened and the timeline and all the crazy events up to right now and where you're at today
2: right well uh you know when when I first called Jim, I I liked the idea of his product as far as the high pinion fourteen bolt axle went. Um, you know we've been using a fourteen bolt in the back of the old race car with with some pretty good luck, and um, I liked the idea of of rotating that and, and making it high pinion, and that that's the main reason I called him. So at the time he was just trying to come out with this stuff, and <clears throat> he didn't have According to him, he didn't have the production really online yet. Um, So it was kind of, I was stuck in this waiting game and, you know, for a while I was cool with it because I wasn't in a big hurry to build this new car. It's a legends car. Um, And so, so things kind of rolled along. Uh, I don't know. I think eight or nine or 10 months went by and then you know, it finally got to a point where it's like, Hey man, you know, we really need some axles. What can we make work here? And he, he said, well, I could do some low pinion stuff for you. I'm like, okay, well, let's do some low pinion stuff. If, if we can get this going, um, because I did give him a, a significant chunk of money up front Mm -hmm. and, uh, (laughs) a bunch more time went by. I wasn't really pushing on the car. Phil had a lot going on. So, you know, it, uh, it wasn't a priority. And then kind of all of a sudden, we, we got some ants in our pants about getting this thing done. And I called him back and, uh, you know, the excuse train was,
1: was still just rolling. And I think that was about another year down the road. So we, right at two years is when the meme war started.
2: Yikes.
1: Right at two years. He, he, I think the final straw was he, he wasn't going to take any more money, right? He already had that big chunk of change. And he was supposed to build you the finest low-pinion 14-bolt rear, all the bells and whistles, dressed out with the truss, the whole show, straight, dialed. And then we waited months for that, and nothing happened. And he started ghosting you. Then he started ghosting you, and we said, okay. And I was like, Doug, can well, we release the dogs yet?
2: The, the other thing that happened was is some other people started coming out of the closet on this and, mm-hmm. and saying that this, you know, they were experiencing the same thing. You know, They put money down, not getting their stuff. And that's when when Phil uh, released the dogs, as it were, told, you know, just basically told the truth about what was yeah. going on. So everybody know. So, no, you know, other people wouldn't get screwed by this guy. Right. Yeah. Um, and he had the audacity to call me up and say, hey, like, can you make Phil stop? <laughs> and I, I said, you know, I've known Phil for a long time. He's one of my good friends. No. I can't make him stop. I was like, you want to know how to make Phil stop? Pay me back. Right. Or get me some product. Straight yeah. it's, it's, it's that simple. And, uh, to this day, uh, you know, and he, he says, well, this could put me out of business. And I'm just sitting there chuckling going then. Good. Problem <laughs> yeah. <part." laughs> I hope it puts you out of business or you paid me back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know who's still buying stuff from that guy. He, he's out of
1: business now. Last I heard, I think well, he's finally closed up shop. Yeah, but that, uh, that shop—he—he he never did
2: pay me back. I never asked Phil to stop because I knew he wasn't gonna anyway. Sure. And and uh, you know, it's just—it's just one of those kind of kind of sad stories. You know, for the amount of money that you put down on a purchase like that, it's. It's a difficult amount of money because it's not quite enough to justify going after him legally. I would have had more money into going after him than mm-hmm. I would have got back. And so I think he knew that and I think he worked that angle on quite a few
1: people. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, it was about 15 is that is that right? Do I remember correctly?
1: 165. 165. My, yeah. we thought it was 15 at the beginning and then Doug pulled up the numbers from from back then and then you know that got added to the whole shit show. oh my God.
0: Well hmm. well, let me let me be let me be one of the voices of the dogs. Uh, you know, first off, that sucks ass. First things first. Uh number number two, uh, I don't know if you've if you've gone on there or Googled them lately. Uh, when I reached out to Phil to do this interview, I actually Googled them to see what they're like, you know, just Google reviews, stuff like that. It's funny. I actually got a reminder from a review that I had left uh, and it was like, <laughs> it was like nine it was like nine people found your review helpful. And uh, it did say on, when I Googled the business, it did say it was closed temporarily. So I take it for what you will on that one, uh, you know, but uh, it's one of those where it's, it sucks. And I'm, I thought it was really cool because that was the first time I'd seen like be collective of this off-road group that exists out in like in the social media world. Uh, be used to really get somebody's attention because I think it was a day or two, maybe later. And, uh, you know, Phil to put something up, Hey, we heard, we heard back from him and here's this. And it really sparked some moves for you, but I hate that, you know, it's still not turned out. Is there any like recent news or anything like that?
2: No, no news. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been buying parts of- building rigs and this this whole off-road fun game for i don't know since the early 2000s and i i i've never experienced anything quite like it but i'm you know i told jim at the end i said you know this community is a tight-knit community Mm -hmm. and a lot of these guys work hard for the money that they put into these rigs and this community (laughs) does not and will not put up with what you're doing because you are going to be known and the word is going to get out and it is going to be over for you. Yeah. Fast forward to today. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't have anything back from him, but I'm plenty happy with the satisfaction that, you know, his little game has been exposed. Mm -hmm. And I think he is going to have a very difficult time building confidence with anyone in this industry from here you know here forward
0: yeah i would i would have to agree with you and and you know you you think to yourself well what does someone like that do next and you know when the entire industry is it was was a witness to what happened it's not good for you i'll tell you that it's not it's it's not a good thing
2: yeah and i don't know if if it was a rob peter to pay paul situation i'm sure it was i'm sure he took my money and use it to kick a couple other jobs out the door, you know, sure. for a while I wondered, am I not, uh, you know, cool enough, you know, he's trying to keep his bigger name customers happy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and kicking me down the road I, at the end of the day, you know, I, I still never got a clear answer from him on that, but I don't think it matters much at this point.
1: So,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: if could change that. He couldn't like, you couldn't charge back. It was wired and it was gone. And that was his at that point And, and he he knows his program because he screwed a lot of people. I think I mean yeah. He without naming names, he did a lot of people dirty. A lot of people.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I again I know I know it's worth nothing really, but like, oh, uh, my heart is with you. It's a it's a it's one of those the gut wrenchers. So uh, I, I'm I'm glad that it looks like you're here with Phil now. So I'm sure that that means there's been some forward progression on something, uh, and and I'm looking forward to hearing about it.
1: Yeah car's about ready for a plumbing wire. He just got final fit up just now for his controls. And, yeah. Or uh, I ought to be at KOH snorting hard.
0: <laughs> so so let me ask you this. What, what did you end up going with? What axles are going to end up under that car? Because on the side of it, it needs to be something like still looking for my axles or something like <laughs> that. <laughs>
2: uh, that might be exactly what's on the side of that car. Uh, yeah yeah we ended up with some spider tracks housings you know spider tracks is they've always been awesome you know they're on time the products are great um we've got a GearWorks third in the front a 10 and then i think it's a yukon 10 in the rear yep um and then we've got shafts from
1: brannock brannock and over some new joints Yep.
0: very so nice
1: Thought party hard
0: yeah i was about to say plenty of, plenty of strength there for sure
1: yeah, we'll be we'll be good.
2: So, old old Torque, old Jim can keep his axles. <laughs> they just
1: break anyway. not to anybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, what we'll do is we'll we'll kind of pay you back because uh, Doug, I'm glad you're here because we're going to talk about King of the Hammers uh, in just a few minutes. Um, but Phil, we were talking about uh, the four door setup tuning and kind of the the uh, arc you had with that, and then I want again I want to hear about the Gladiator and how that's kind of progressed as time has gone forward.
1: All right. So as far as Sarah's Jeep goes, yeah, it started life with just the uh, regular axles in it. We did the Synergy manufacturing long arm system and just the Fox 2.0, just the uh, real basic aluminum bodied shocks. And they were pretty miserable out of the box. Not, not a fan of that. I mean, maybe if weighed 10,000 pounds, it might have been all right. So I revalved <laughs> those and got that thing not miserable. We, we enjoyed driving it. It was fun again. But that made me hungry. I was like, oh, if it can be this good on a single-stage shock, let's start getting some bypasses on there. So mm-hmm. I had sold some Radflow two-tube bypasses in the past, but they were a small tube. And uh, Radflow hadn't quite seen the point of a big tube, so he wasn't initially willing to make them. I was like, hmm, mm, now we're going to need to put some big tubes on. If it flows too much, we're just going to close the tube more, right? He's like, yeah. All right, good point. So got got those on there and oh my god, even out of the box the thing was just ridiculous. So we did some more tuning and some more tuning and then uh, put one tons and forties on it and felt like we went completely backwards, like, oh my god, things are garbage. Drove it for I don't know, a couple months like that before I got off my ass and revalved them again. And after a couple of revalves, we got that thing a lot better than it even was when it was on half tons, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, Got those sold to somebody recently to help fund the uh, three tube program. So now we've got three tubes on it and I haven't had time to put bump stops on yet, mm-hmm. but between three tubes, uh, rear sway bar with an anti-rock and limit straps and all these things. I, I mean, the thing's just going to be insane when I actually sit down and, and get it right. We're going to be completely out of motor. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm stoked about that. I'm building another one. Just like it here, right before King of the Hammers for Dan Wyrick, um, another yeah. racer. So he's, he's going to have a mirror image JK, but his will have all the cool shit like right now, whereas yeah. I just don't have time to do upstairs. So, uh, and the Gladiator. Yes. The Gladiator, uh, we prototyped three tube ADS shocks off of the JL, which I ended up putting on my Gladiator also. And that that's a fantastic shock. So much flow such a fine product uh that thing i mean for for being a do-all pickup truck that you can run fast empty and run even faster loaded it's mm-hmm. it's in my opinion it's the perfect vehicle mm-hmm. and um it's just it, you know if it had power or if they, say how's the power it's not bad it makes 300 horsepower <laughs> an eight speed you know 513 gears it gets it done it, yeah um, <laughs> eight speed yeah yeah they, they do good um so that thing is comprised of a bunch of different cool stuff i mean the ads stuff's fantastic the synergy manufacturing parts that are on it also fantastic um it's got a rage forth bumper on it courtesy of jason Shear. i felt pretty stoked to be able to get my hands on one of those things Um, yeah yeah beautiful beautiful piece you can acquire those at four wheel parts or you can I'll give you a Jason sell later, and y'all can blow it up. (laughs) Perfect, that'll be perfect.
0: (laughs) I'll just post it up when this episode goes up, and it'll be in the comments. (laughs) So that
1: thing, though, right now it's it's uh, sale pending. One of my buddies is buying it because I mean I'm sure you saw the that V8 option is being released. So it's gonna be a 392 Hemi, 450 horse, 450 pound feet of torque in standard form. Uh, so you know there's a lot that can be done. And supposedly the hood has that three-inch bubble in it. Mm-hmm. You know what fits between uh, the top of a motor and a three-inch bubble in the hood, right?
0: <laughs> you tell me.
1: Bypass. <laughs> 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 no, no. The, the force of many tornadoes. Yes. You can, oh, you can put water. your supercharger on that thing. And, uh, the, uh, what the I,
0: heard, I heard somebody call them this morning. Uh, somebody was telling me it was like the hair dryers. They, was, they're talking about twin turbos. And they're like, right. the twin hair dryers are going great. And I'm like, that's exactly... Uh, what some of these Ultra Four guys need? They just need to have a team hairdryer on the side of these things.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so probably the only other forty-eight car that's going to be making power like Doug's car is mm-hmm. is Chuck Crossland, and he's got twin Terpskeys on his right now, and it's supposed to make somewhere in the in the realm of eight fifty to nine fifty horse.
0: Dang, dude! Dang, dude! That's and so they, these cars are
1: like identical they are identical and it should be, I mean, it's going to be down to the drivers. This is going to be some, I mean, Chuck, Chuck, love you, buddy, but you end up upside down all the damn time. So we're you can't fix it. that. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, you Still can't. can't uh...
1: Right. Right. I think, I think Chuck did win, um, or he's about to win the race to finish the car. Cause his is almost driving right now. So yeah. that's pretty, yeah. pretty exciting. But Doug's yeah. is some wires away.
0: I was about to say if if that counts for points, I'm sure it's something, but uh, we'll see what happens on race day for sure. Uh, I, I wanted to bring something up though that you mentioned, and and I was actually going to save it because I want to talk to you about tuning for the uh, tuning for the big cars. But you mentioned you know as you went through the progression of the JK, you went from uh, just a, a bypass to uh, two tubes, I think you said, and then ultimately landed at a, at a shot or a, a bypass with three tubes. Can you explain just briefly the differences and why? uh more tubes is better
1: so it's all flow it's all bypasses just what it says it's going around the piston and and that allows you to ramp up your valving so that when you hit that bump zone it's it can be more like a bump stop or it can be more firm when you hit that section but in Mm -hmm. the middle in the ride zone you're just free flowing tires bouncing everything's out of control i mean a lot of people (laughs) like it to be more in control but i like i don't want to feel a thing i don't want to spill my Non-alcoholic beverage. I don't want yeah. any of the five people in the Jeep to spill their <laughs> non-alcoholic beverages while we're passing side by sides and hitting whoops and the, the, oh, prefer- the proverbial cloud of titties. That's what yes. we're
2: after for sure. Yeah. I understand.
0: I understand. Um and y- y'all are the best first off. I just want y'all to know that. Um but uh yeah, man. So that's one thing. Again, I've mentioned it before. I had a I had a full coilover system from King on my old uh two-door JK thing rode like a shit wagon, man. It was yep. awful. And uh, I, I remember talking to the manufacturer who built them and he builds a ton of Jeeps and they all have the double throwdown system on there. And he was like, yeah, it should work great for your application. I was like, this is crap, man. This is so bad right off the shelf. And uh, I ended up actually getting rid of that car because I was like, I was just done with all the issues and whatnot. But seeing what your machines can do, what your Jeeps in particular can do, it really makes me reconsider uh, not buying a gladiator because I, I think, I mean, you tell me, especially with the new uh, V8 option, can a, can a gladiator pull a decent amount? I mean, a side-by-side, that's really what I want to pull or a side-by-side or two, maybe.
1: So do you know who Alex Hardaway is? Yeah,
0: Sounds familiar. 40,
1: 481. Uh, it's got 37s on it. Yeah. So, so he, he towed just this weekend from sea level at, the freaking ocean, all the way up to Rubicon, his YJ, and his YJ has to weigh clicking on 5,000 pounds. So it's wow. a flatbed trailer that probably weighs 1,500, 2,000 pounds, and it weighs 5,000 pounds. And they, the one that I have, I don't know what his is rated at, but mine's like the max toe or toe max, whatever they call it. It's rated mm-hmm. to pull 7,600 pounds. You ain't going to catch me doing it. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> a lot I'm of definitely, definitely not <laughs> pull it all the way up the mountains. <laughs> it up, you know? So yeah. it's uh, I mean, balls of steel to do that, but he yeah. did it. I mean, he got all the way up there and all the way back down. And I, I mean, I can't say enough about it. You got that transmission. You have got no engine braking power because it just doesn't make any compression or have anything to back it. But yeah. you've got brakes for. I mean, the brakes on mine are crazy for yeah. stock brakes. I mean, the thing, the thing stops like Sarah's one ton JK with Ram thirty five hundred brakes on. It, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah man see that makes me it makes and, and again the, the gladiators a little bit more pricey all that kind of fun stuff but if you can get a, a a car or a jeep or whatever you want to call it that truly can do a little bit of everything there's something to be said for that for sure That's uh the
2: sport the dual sport rig man it does yeah it's so much more versatile you know yeah. i had hardcore trailer clean rigs for years you know and you just use them every once in a while when you go to the trail and mm-hmm. now i've i've I, I built a, a TJ on one tons and 37s, and it's got a six liter with a blower in it, and it's 600 plus horse. I drive that on the road, and I use it so much more just because I can go wherever I want. That's yeah. I
0: want. <laughs> yeah, I thought about to say, you guys are big power only. I like it. <laughs> um, but Okay. So what I want to shift to now is more of the race side. And before we get into the West Coast cars, uh, I want to come back and talk about what you mentioned earlier about your trip to Missouri. You came out and you tuned with a bunch of rock bouncers. And uh, this one of the sponsors of my show is actually Chris from Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Oh, who, yeah. Yeah, man. he's Dude, he's the best, man. He's one of the absolute best. And uh, it's so funny. I called him up uh, after the Southern Rock Racing Series finals. And we were on the phone because we were talking uh, we were talking about doing something, some kind of shock tuning thing for a setup that I've got going right now. And we got on this, I got on this tangent. I think I was like, how did you meet Phil? And he was like, man, he took a gamble on me. He's like, I just texted him or I forget. He said he messaged you or called you. And he was like, Hey man, I just want to come do this. You know, is it okay if I basically like job shadow you? And and you were just like, okay. And he said that gamble you took on him you know, it changed his future, obviously, very drastically because that's what he does now or is about to do full time. Right. But uh, tell me a little bit about that. What made you just say, yeah, like, come come learn with me. Come be with me.
1: So I met him at AOP last year on my April tune trip, and he was with, you know, a lot of people that I hold in very high regard. I mean, I, I love everybody down there. They're just fantastic people. And, and the group he was with had they always take care of me. They, everybody's straight up with me and, and I just have a ball with them. So I can't, I cannot service the whole East coast. I can't do it. And I wasn't sure, like I wasn't going to make him join my business and go through all this different bullshit. And I mean, I knew I was throwing away a huge chunk of my market, mm-hmm. but he, um, the, the only rule we have is he just buys stuff through me, Yeah, so, you know, and I, and I give him a discount and he, you know, he can make a little money and I can make a little money. And God damn, hang on. We're about to sort out. <laughs> for, those,
0: for those who aren't, uh, for those who make aren't make watching the, the video version, the camera's having a little bit of issues here.
1: <laughs> there we go. Okay. Now we've got, yeah. uh, I got my kickstand out. Yeah. So, um, he, um, he just said all the right things when I saw him at AOP. And I was like, all right, man, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Because I wasn't quite ready to throw the market away yet. Sure. So when I got home, we talked a bunch more about it and I was like, you know what, dude, okay, this'll work. We can do this. And, and it's been awesome. And you know, he's, he's met me a couple different times at places to help tune and we get stuff whooped out and I've flown in and he supplied all the tools and, and work area and everything, um, once at AOP as well. And, and that went perfectly. Um, and then, this last time he came and met me in missouri and what a lifesaver man the amount of work i had to get done to get back on the road when i needed to get back on the road because there was there were so many curveballs in that whole whole situation it mm-hmm. it was just a lifesaver and he's going to come to koh too and we're just going to mm-hmm. knock out or, or, or as far as i know i mean we haven't yeah. hammered out all the details but as far as i know he's come to koh and we're just going to knock out work
0: yeah man so, Well, I, I, I agree. I echo just with, you know, our experiences with us kind of working our deal out. Uh, Dude, he's a super nice guy, super great hard worker, and he's doing a good job to kind of develop his own system under, under the business that he's getting started. So uh, I bring him up because uh, we did, you know, I called him to talk about some work that we were doing, but we ended up talking about the Southern rock racing series finals. And there was a couple of cars out there that you guys had tuned in Missouri. And yeah, he told me a little bit of stories about tuning them and and some of the driver, uh, what's the right way to say driving styles, I guess. And I wanted to pick your brain too about how that trip went. You know, having all of the the land that you you have access to where you go tune where you go tune the desert cars, and then coming over here to the East Coast, kind of having a lot a little bit more limited space but also a vastly different machine, designed way different, everything. I want to hear your thoughts about that trip and if there's any takeaways that are valuable.
1: Oh, man. Um, I don't have a great opinion about my performance on that trip. Not not thrilled about it. Didn't charge a couple people because I just don't feel like I did the job that needed to be done. Uh, we, we applied the We applied the effort we could – and then some to try to get it get stuff sorted out and we're just like not whether we're not pleasing the customer or whether the vehicle is not pleasing me I just I couldn't you know I I, I don't know if I made a dollar on that trip after all said and done sure. but it's uh you know it is what it is that's it's part of the job I I don't know I'm I'm pretty much putting it on Chris now to figure out these rock bouncers and make that all work uh we we had some great results with a bunch of cars and then we had a couple of cars that just wouldn't uh wouldn't come around in my opinion sure, so. sure. well
0: that's one thing i bring up is we saw the southern rock racing series finals they added in you know typically uh their big long drag race hills almost as their typical race course but in the past couple years they've integrated more short course and uh, i would say peaking this year at the finals they had like a motocross jump over a, like an underpass. They had a couple of whoop sections, couple like little tabletop jump type things. Um, obviously, these cars are going to need to develop a suspension program and get some kind of protocol underneath there. Uh, and, and the UTVs have, have you know, their setup, set up, but the bouncers pretty much um, are going to have to rely on Chris and, I mean, a handful of people. It's very small. But I wanted to ask you really, what do you think comes with the the chassis designs, and and do you see the short course having this larger effect on the on the Southern Rock Racing series than maybe people initially see right now?
1: Well, if they continue down that road where it becomes more short coursey stuff, you're going to see these vehicles start to look a lot more like ultra four cars.
2: Mm-hmm. Seen this before?
1: Yeah, <laughs> the the evolution of it's just going to be. Not oh man, I I hate to say it. I mean these hill rods. It's it's the coolest thing ever if you're going up a hill But if you're gonna go across whoops or over jumps and stuff Having five gallons of fuel in front of your axle and not a thing behind your axle and having a 14 bolt or a dana 80 steer axle on the ground and some big old heavy tires. It is not Going to be compliant in the whoops and jumps. They're gonna they're gonna nose dive It's gonna kick off. It's gonna be just weird 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 stuff And at least, at least now, almost everybody's got trailing arms Mm -hmm. and some of them have the right ratio of up travel to down travel to where it actually works out. Okay. But I think, I don't think you're going to see people hanging spare tires, but I think you're going to start seeing fuel tanks behind the axle, maybe carrying a little more fuel, maybe some sort of ballast weight system Mm -hmm. uh, at that point. And then maybe a lot of people going away from rear steer. Cause man, the cars we tuned that didn't have rear steer that had, you know, damn near two to one trailing arms and 12 inches up travel and 10 inches down travel or something like that. They mm-hmm. were tuning in beautifully for what we were trying to do. Uh, the ones that didn't have that, the ones that are kind of strapped damn near at ride height and almost all up travel. I, I just gonna make them party. So Sure.
0: Yeah. It may, I mean, when you really kind of refine it and you sit and think on it for a while, it makes sense. So, I mean, handling just massive, large impacts like that, it's not the most friendly thing in the entire world when the car is slammed to the ground. So, right. I understand, um, but that is echoed in a different sense with the preparation for King of the Hammers 2021. Uh, I saw that you are now a, a social media influencer. You were on the Lightbright uh, channel doing some ultra four tuning. Very exciting! What was that like? How'd you? How, how did that feel being uh, in front of the camera and all that other kind of fun
1: stuff? Uh, I'm good with it. I don't know. I I don't have a ton of experience, but back in the day when I was doing the sport bike stuff, I I got to be on some videos and tried to pretend like I could talk without saying a lot of (laughs) "ahs" and "ahs." I've I've noticed I've caught myself today with a lot of "ahs" and "ahs," but it's been a long day, Mm -hmm. so I'm not I'm not going to be the most eloquent, articulate speaker.
0: That's okay. How did how did the tuning session go with like that? Because I. I don't know a lot about them. I don't really keep up with them, but I would, from my understanding, they're more trail people who are jumping into the racing. Uh, how does it go when you have someone like that who comes for tuning? Do they know how to drive the car? Do they know know? Or is, it, is it a learning process altogether? What is it like for you as someone who does this regularly?
1: Well, so you're talking about a couple people that have a pretty extensive background in drifting and racing and just performance driving in general. So mm-hmm. there are no slouches when it comes to, you know, being since it's a man and woman, we're going to say wheel persons. Instead right. of wheel. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> uh, they can drive. They can mm-hmm. do stuff. Uh, Kevin was the only one that was driving that day and Brittany was handling all the media stuff. Uh, great people. And, and Kevin's going to operate. I, he, I mean, he had a good finish at Moab where they came through They came through Kansas real quick while I was there. And they're like, yeah, you know, Bilstein just got the shocks to assist that and the other, and they were off the shelf shocks. So, you know, Bilstein didn't have the, the time or facility or whatever to, to deal with that. So they had a whole bunch of off-the-shelf shocks that probably should have been run, you know, like you would have been better off if you would have just run the coilovers or mm-hmm. just run the bypasses. Like you couldn't run all that valving and all those. So the in the few minutes I had, we just gutted the valving out of the coilovers in Kansas just to loosen the car up as, as much as we could in mm-hmm. short order. And it it was enough to allow him to go. And I think he got 14th place at Moab. And all he was trying to do was go start the race so he could get a king yeah. of the hammer spot. Yeah. And, you know, he made some really cool passes that landed on video and just, it, it, it was good stuff. So then we, when we got out here and we actually got to put some time in the shocks and get that thing, you know, fixing up travel issues, fixing limit strap issues, making it do everything it was supposed to do. I mean, we got it from 30 miles per hour miserable to 65 in control. So, wow. you know, th- there's definitely more on the table and yes. we'll see if, if Bill Steen has someone down there that can do it. Or if I'm going to do a little more work on hammers, we'll, we'll just see how it times out. But it's, it's raceable now. It's competitive enough. Uh coming off of what it had on it like a Mike Kim specifically designed Fox package to mm-hmm. to off the shelf type billsteins it's it's really good for what it is that's what it's going to be you know it needs it's it's going to need more custom stuff to make a bomber do you know Randy Lawson type stuff yeah but yeah. for what it is, it's great.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome. So that leads me into uh so uh again, just for those listening, uh tonight or this episode in particular will be a little bit of a shorter episode. But that kind of leads me into my final point, and that's King of the Hammers 2021. What it what it what are you going through right now? Because it's either started already, it's gonna start, and it's gonna get wild for you. Obviously, Doug is here, <laughs> so it's already started to some degree, but uh, what does 2021 uh, KOH look like for you?
1: I think we started KOH prep this time last year for this year. Uh, <laughs> it, it never really stops, man. It yeah. never really stops. Like I, But people are shipping me shocks. Like Everyone's confident that King of the Hammers is going to happen 2021. I'm not confident. I think if Biden wins, I think if Biden wins, KOH 2021 is happening uh, because all of a sudden the pandemic – is not going to be such an issue. There's going to be a vaccine, and immediately hey. all the all the C's part, and no one has to wear a mask anymore. The economy's back open, and we're back to rocking and rolling. If Trump wins, I'm pretty sure they're going to run this pandemic as hard as they can, and we're just going to sure. be masked for the rest of our lives, and just everything shut down. California's shut down again today. Yeah. Yesterday, right? Today? Yep. They just shut up. Yeah. Newsom Yeah, shut
0: down again. 100% lockdown.
1: Guaranteed. I'm right behind him because our, our little our little boy Sicilac runs state he sucks his orders directly out of Newsom. From what part you can only imagine. Uh, I, think,
0: I think I saw something on your Facebook today a little bit more accurate. Yeah
1: yeah um, I'm real bitchy about that because I'm pretty sure he won his little election the same way they uh, took it this year too with the, the full election. so um, I'm pretty salty.
0: Yeah, I I can imagine. So you're getting prepped for it. You have been getting prepped for it. Um, There's a very short period of time before it's here. It'll be here before you know it. Um, I've told everyone on the podcast for all the Thanksgiving episodes that uh, February 2021, I will have a sweet little boy uh, coming in to join the family. So I'm excited about that. I won't be there for that one, but I'm hopeful that possibly 2022 will be out there uh, and I'll get to meet everybody. But It's coming up. Congrats,
1: man. That's that's huge.
0: Thanks. I'll uh I'm gonna give me a little co-pilot. So, or hopefully I'll be the co-pilot, you know. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. But it's it's approaching very quickly. That's why I brought that up, is just because it will be here before we know it. Uh, what do you got left to do and what's on the table?
1: Oh man, the the amount of shocks shipping in right now that have to be dealt with. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. There's probably sixty shocks here. And there's probably, I don't know what's coming in. Maybe, maybe another 60 more that need to be dealt with. And my process has gotten like, now that I've kind of developed how I do all my stuff with shocks, Mm -hmm. it's really slow. Like I, I used to bang out 12, 16 shocks, like rebuilds a day. No problem. Now I'm lucky if I get like six or eight out the door, because it's just it's just slower because i i feel like i'm doing things better doing things right the feedback i got from koh last year with a, a high-end customer of mine uh, they used to experience shock fade in 20 30 minutes and they're just bouncing off the bumps and they're miserable the rest of the day well the process that i've developed to make everything as i think it should be even using the same fluid they were using no shock fade all day all day long running hard Absolutely. And that's, got, that's quite the after the races, and pretty happy about that. So yeah, yeah, it's slower, but it's worth it.
0: Well, I mean, again, you know, I think that there's there's uh, some bit of, of the common idea that when you slow down, you put a little bit more thoroughness into it. You'll probably end up with a, uh, a you know better quality product on the other side. So uh, I think it's cool. It's exciting. Uh, I know for myself, I'm gonna your your social media. Let's just go ahead and tell people. Um, first off, where can they follow you, Phil? And then, Doug, I want you to give your social media out too, so you can, uh, so people can keep up with your story.
1: <laughs> so for me, it's a, uh, I don't know, man. I don't even know what it is, but it's like it's something like Liberty MTN FAB. There might be an underscore between the uh, MTN and the FAB. On oh, yeah, Instagram would be the Instagram would be the place to follow me. Facebook's pretty much tapped out. It's the, the, the friends list is full. Um, have, you, have you thought about making a business
0: page? I don't know. That's I the oh, I okay. For the okay. Dab. It's just that I hate the
1: format. Dude. I hate the format. I hate the messenger. It's gotten it's better, but it's still miserable.
0: Dude. Even the new one is crap. I'll tell you. So what they did and I, it's so funny. My wife, she uh, runs an apartment complex. She's a community director there. Uh, Facebook will occasionally throw you like beta tools. And one they put me this week is actually, so there's the Facebook page. There's something called creator studio, which sucks, but, and then there's some, this new thing called Facebook business. And it's a link that I'll send you and I'll chop off the racing on the rocks piece of it all, but it has really good analytics. It'll let you post a Facebook and Instagram in one post. It'll, it does, it does it really, really, they did a great job and I'll actually put a link to it in the, in the description of the post on social media. But, uh, Give that a try because I agree with you. Most of this stuff sucks, but um, but this Facebook business is what I've been using for this week. And it's actually made my life a lot easier. And the scheduling like the scheduling, automatically defaults to your time zone. You don't have to do some kind of funky math to schedule things. It's way better than anything I've had to use so far. Awesome.
1: I'll check that out.
0: Thank okay. Anyways, uh, and I, I actually looked up your Instagram. It is liberty underscore mtn underscore fab. Okay. Doug, what you got for me?
2: You know, I'm I'm not the best with social media. I'm I'm on Facebook and I, I do have an Instagram account that I never use. Uh, is it at Dirty Money Racing?
1: Something Dirty Money Racing.
2: Yeah, something Dirty Money Racing. I, I
1: I need to get better about it, to be honest. But you don't need to do anything. It's <laughs> you can just hang <laughs> out and live your life, man. But that's what yeah. I mean.
2: You know, I gotta say this conversation kind of cracks me up because Phil got into this whole suspension tuning thing. We went. We were when we built the first car. One of the biggest things that ticked Phil off is we knew nothing about the shocks and we went to great lengths to try to uh, get help tuning. You know, Uh, we drove all the way down to the hammers to tune with somebody then and it was just, it was just kind of a rough experience. And ever since then he's just taken upon himself to learn this stuff, to try to bring it to
1: everyone. All the people that couldn't get help before. Yeah. There's going to be a YouTube soon. There's going to be a YouTube. Yeah. And when I'm not going to like blow out all the secrets until when I have enough subscribers and views and stuff where I'm actually making money. Yeah. Probably going to ruin a few secrets for the rest of the industry. (laughs) I
0: like that. That's great news, man. I'll tell you this. One of the, one of the uh, things that you posted here recently was a very reputable UTV um, tuning company I this the the valving stack was all kinds of strange in that thing that you pulled out so I thought it was uh I, I like seeing stuff like that because it kind of takes the you know the the rose colored glasses takes them off and and just kind of reminds you that like just because there's kind of one option doesn't mean that that one option is the best if that right. makes any sense so I agree I love it first off I agree with it I'm a supporter of it I'll subscribe if you give it to us it, do you have the youtube made yet I don't Okay, we're,
1: uh, we're putting all the pieces in place right now, acquiring the equipment to do it properly. And um, I don't know when it's going to drop. I'm okay. hoping. I don't know. I think the V8 Gladiator thing, V8, 8 shock, one ton, 40 or 42 inch tire Gladiator decimating the planet is going to be um, the main focus, but we're going to yeah. do a lot of shock stuff on this.
0: Yeah. Uh, well I'll tell you this. Uh so because this podcast will air a little bit after we're recording this, um what will the name of the YouTube channel be? And you'll have to get it tonight so no one steals it between now and then. Do you know? Right. you have I've,
1: it? No, don't have a name.
0: Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna just I'm I'm gonna tell everyone who listens to this in the in the near future, in the long future, uh <laughs> we gotta go to Liberty Mountain Fab on Instagram and you'll you'll get it squared away. Uh you'll probably
1: gonna look a lot like that.
0: But, yeah, yeah. I, I figured it would probably be something along those lines but just wanted to make sure and i'll tell you man uh if you if you i don't know off-roaders don't get into it a whole lot youtube live is really great but um i was actually running the numbers it's so funny i i'm actually a computer scientist is my trade i write code all day so naturally i grew up playing video games and didn't see the sun for like 12 or 15 hours a day wow. yeah. just what I, just what i did man yeah. i played a lot of world of warcraft I re-downloaded World of Warcraft last week to play again <laughs> to see if I enjoyed it. I love it. It's great. It's a, all right. and it's one of the best times. But uh, I found this guy who streams on Twitch. All he does is basically play games. But all you'd have to do is basically go live. And I ran his numbers, and I think on any given stream uh, he makes seventy-five thousand dollars.
1: Be really cool.
0: And I was just like, huh?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Huh. I'm watching the light bright folks like, yeah, like like in the on the phone with some mover and shaker in my driveway closing like huge money deals. I'm like, okay, I'm just listening to that real quick. Yeah, (laughs) they're they're a quick
0: example of, of what it can be. So, uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. Uh, before we close it out, do you guys have anything that we didn't talk about that you did want to talk about or any kind of like closing remarks?
1: I'm on your schedule, man. I don't. I don't have any content. I'm just answering questions.
0: <laughs> That'll work. That'll work, Doug.
1: I, I think we're good, man.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I heard the uh, the front door open just shortly ago, which means the wife is home and my six and a half month pregnant wife going to need some, my attention, likely. All right. <laughs> hey. So with that, we'll close it out. Phil, thank you for being on the show, and our surprise guest, Doug. Thank you for being on the show. Y'all hang on the line. We're going to close this out, and I hope y'all have a good rest of your evening.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: Today's show is powered by Supergrip ATV Tires. Supergrip has some uh, very interesting stuff in the works right now. Uh, Supergrip ATV Tires, obviously, is very famous for their K9 tire, an eight-ply sidewall, one-inch tread depth uh, tire that comes in two different options, and within those two options, you have two more options. And what I mean by that is... There is a standard compound. There is a intermediate compound, which is a little bit softer. It's going to be a little high performing tire, and then you'll have Kevlar in uh, both of those tires as an option. Uh, and, you know, if you don't choose Kevlar, it's going to be the nylon radial belt. You know, normal setup for a tire. However, if you do choose the Kevlar option, the Kevlar is bead to bead, which is very uncharacteristic of Kevlar enforced tires. Supergrip ATV tires have been very good to me in terms of the business. They are currently, just like everybody else, experiencing some crazy back, uh, I guess back orders is the right way to say it. Uh, And the tires are selling as fast as they get to the dealer. They're probably already sold. So if you're interested in the tire, go check out Facebook, Instagram, SuperGrip ATV Tires. You'll see some videos and uh, some pictures of uh, UTVs with those tires on there. And there's some very high performance tires. Let me tell you guys that. A lot of rock bouncers run those tires. Uh, A lot of trail guys like myself run those tires. So SuperGripATV.com. And Super Grip ATV on Facebook and Instagram. The next sponsor of the show is Dinojet Research Inc. Dynojet is the performance standard for UTVs, particularly when it comes to power delivery mechanisms and clutching. Now, what I mean by power delivery mechanisms is the device that delivers a tune to your UTV. Nine times out of ten, if I'm not mistaken, it might even be higher than that, is a Dinojet. Power Vision Tuner. Now what that does is that's just a a little device, a little handheld plug-and-play system that Dynajet has made so that you can build your own tunes. You can buy a tune from another third-party vendor like Trinity, Aftermarket Assassins, or anything like that, and you can basically plug it into the CPU or the ECU of your Razer or UTV, whatever it may be, and then, boom, you've got more horsepower. Now, they also have some solutions to help support those horsepowers, such as uh, bigger turbos, bl- uh, not blow-off valves necessarily, but uh, intake tubes, charge tubes, all those kind of crazy things. They can get you pushing a ton of power. I run their Stage 2 power kit, which includes a Power Vision 3 tuner, and it also includes the clutch kit. The clutch kit's super important if you're planning on running a big size tire, but you guys can find them at DynoJet. Uh, let me double check. Dinojet Research Inc. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook and dinojet.com. Our third sponsor is arguably the sponsor with the most momentum going into the new year. I'm very excited. A friend of mine, Chris, his business, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop, is booming. They have been doing a number of shock revalves, uh, resprings, all that kind of stuff for UTVs and full buggy applications. What Chris does at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop that's more, I guess, special than anybody else is he'll truly walk you through the entire process. He's, he's one of the best in the business when it comes to the end result. I run a set of his valved uh, shocks on my car And we pretty much nailed it right out of the gate. It's been really, really great. I have a completely different trail ride. Uh, I'm much, much smoother. You know, my back doesn't hurt after a day of riding. I don't feel like I got beat up in the car. So a lot of fun there. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is your one-stop shop for UTV shock tuning. But they also specialize in end-to-end, you know, basically turnkey builds for full-size buggies, all kinds of full-size work and he can do everything from uh, zero to 100% of a build all the way down to 95 and do the last 5% for you. Whatever it may be, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop has it in mind for you. Now, uh, another sponsor we have is irate4x4.com iRate 4x4 is actually something that I just jumped on this morning. Uh, It's a forum for all kinds of people to post up their builds, what they're going through, any questions, any advice, any experience they had while they were doing their business. So I jumped on there this morning and I saw a 4900 UTV class uh, build and I just kind of watched this guy over the last year. Uh, you know, in a matter of few minutes here while reading through his build thread, I watched him build his entire UTV, got to see the mistakes he made, the recommendations he made. It was a really great resource to get someone's unfiltered uh, opinions on a bunch of different things. Irate4x4 is underrated, you guys. You guys need to get on there. Before you start searching all the social medias for all your different resources and things like that, I highly recommend that you check out irate4x4.com, I-R-A-T-E, 4x4.com, make an account, log on, introduce yourself, and get yourself plugged into the community. I know that you'll be extremely happy. Next on the list is All Things UTV. A lot of you guys know who All Things UTV is. Uh, I did get word that they're running a little low on inventory, but they're still taking orders, and they'll still sell you what they have in the store right now. One of the things I know that they'll have in stock is the Razor 8 Inner Fender Liners and the Razor 8 Axle Magic. The Inner Fender Liners are a must have on my car. Uh, what it is is basically a steel sheet that protects the inside fender well of your UTV in the front. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, why do I need so much protection in such a weird place? Uh, but what that does is if you're doing any kind of trail riding at speed, or you're doing just cruising, coming around a corner maybe a little too fast, a stick pops up and goes through the firewall. I've seen it far too many times where a stick goes through. I saw one where a gentleman got his leg impaled by a stick or it just barely misses your passenger or you, by chance. Uh, Let me be the first to tell you, I will not take that risk. All Things UTV, Razor Aid inner fender liners, without a doubt, has me covered because it's a nice piece of fitted steel that just covers that entire area and makes it a million times stronger. Absolutely glad to have those guys on board. All Things UTV, com and all things UTV on social media everywhere. Next on the list is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is running a huge Black Friday sale. I'm Really excited to have those guys on because not only do they have some of the best products in the industry, but I know Mike, the guy who runs Infinite Off-Road, uh, just from buying being one of his very first customers. We live in the same town. I bought a light bar from him in 2013, and uh, the next thing I know, Here we are, uh, and he's got a large variety of extremely high-quality products. He also offers the listeners of the show 10% off um, the entire uh, website using code word ROCKS. R-O-C-K-S at checkout will get you 10% off the entire website. Highly recommend you check out the um, rock lights that are on sale, light bars, light pods. There's going to be a lot on sale this weekend uh, for Black Friday, so stay tuned for that. I also want to give a shout out to our latest sponsor, Axial Racing. Don't really have a whole lot to say about what we're we're up to, but uh, I can tell you that we've got something really cool coming, and uh, I'm really glad that those guys have jumped on board for the show as well.